Shalom and blessings. This is Pastor Clifton McDowell Sr. here at the Church of God of East New York, located in the heart of Brooklyn. Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast, and I pray this week's sermon blesses and encourages you for the journey. God bless. Now enjoy the sermon. Well, we've been going through a wonderful series called the I Am Series, and um, I think it's been great. I think it's been very timely because I think sometimes we unknowingly, unintentionally forget who Jesus is. Uh, Perhaps we get a little too comfortable with him. Perhaps we get a, a little life gets busy with our personal desires and our personal agendas we just kind of shove the Lord off the throne of our lives. And we, we make him less of a priority. We make him just someone else in our lives that we need from time to time. And he becomes a guest rather than the Lord of our lives. Well, this series, this series has been um, a reminder to all of us who Jesus is, what he says about himself when he uses the term, I am. And as we have come down to the end of another year, just about the close of another year, can you believe it? This is the last Sunday in November in 2022. And there we've just got a few more weeks left in the year if God spares our life. And so it's during this period that that has been anything else but smooth. During this period, this season has not been comfortable, has not been a, a unifying time in our nation or city, and yet even in our lives. As a congregation, as a community of faith that the Lord has planted in this East New York section of Brooklyn, almost 93 years ago, as people and families that are sprinkled throughout the New York area and even other cities, and I might even say even other countries, it's important that we don't lose sight of who Jesus is. Because the reality is our identity is wrapped up and tied up in who he is. Knowing who he is, that's really true north for us. It's the real way of knowing our identity. And so each time that Jesus, each time in scripture, especially in the book of John, that he uses that I am term, he was pointing back Amen. To a time in history where that term was only used once referring to the identity of a specific person. And that person was God himself. The creator of the universe. The one who made water wet and fire hot. He refers to himself as the I am. It was when, you remember, it was when um, God had... uh, called out to Moses who had lived in the palace 40 years and he was driven out into wilderness for 40 years and God says after 80 years it's time and he taps Moses on the shoulder as it were and says I'm going to use you to set my people free 
And so the Bible says that Moses is a shepherd and he's, he's watching his father's Jethro sheep and, and he sees this bush burning and is not consumed and he goes over to inspect it and the scripture says he hears a voice speak out of the bush that is on fire but not being consumed. The voice says, take up your shoes. He says, because the ground that you're standing on is holy ground. And I'm sure that Moses obeyed. And God begins to have this discourse with Moses and Moses comes down and he asks a question. He says, listen, they're going, when I go to them and I obey you and I go to them, they're going to ask me, who sent you? Well, what am I going to tell them about who sent me? And so in Exodus 3.14, the response to Moses' question regarding what he should say to the nation of Israel, when God says he's going to set you free, he says, tell them that I am sent me. Wait, wait, what do you want me to tell them? Tell them. When you're in front of them, tell them, I am sent me. He tells Moses, I am that I am. Say to the Israelites, Moses, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. I am sent me. So every time Jesus used the term I am, he was going back to the fact that he was God. He and the Father were one. He told the disciples, he told the people, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. Why? Because I and my Father are one. It's the Godhead, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so over these last several weeks, the Lord has used our ministerial staff mightily to bless and remind us who Jesus is. Yolanda reminded us, Jesus says, I am the bread. I am the bread of life. And so we are reminded our life is in him. Pam came and told us, before Abraham was, I am. To remind us that Jesus is the pre-existing one. Amen. That he is the Lord our God. And then Brother Charis came and he told us, I am the resurrection to remind us that death, the sting of death has been taken by the power and the victory of Jesus. Sister Yvonne came and told us, Jesus says, I am the light. So we no longer walk in darkness. We walk in the light. He is now our sun and our shield. And then I came and I talked about I am the good shepherd. Remember on Western Sunday, amen, that Jesus, amen, is the giver of life. That Jesus is our life. He leads us and guides us. He gave his life for us. Then Mark came last week, a man, and told, I am the vine. And he challenged us, stay connected. Look at somebody and tell them, stay connected. He's our life. He's the source of our life. Stay connected to him. Stay connected to his bride. 
And today I want to talk to you. Amen. Back at that same chapter 10, where Jesus says, I am the gate. Some translations, he says, I am the door. But he says, I am the gate. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 10. Starting at verse 1, it says, Verily, truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. The, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. But if you climb in another way, you're a thief and a robber. If you enter my house, the place I live, through a window or a locked side door, your motives are going to be questionable. Hello? They're going to be suspect. If you, for some reason, want to bypass the front door, and let me tell you something, there are people who want to bypass the front door of a family. Sisters, hear me. That fine-looking young man of a specimen of a young man, he wants to bypass the front door of your family. He doesn't want to know your father. He doesn't want to know your mother. He doesn't want to know your siblings. His motives or her motives are suspect. We'll come back to it. Come on. Y'all stick with me. During slavery, Jim Crow, and apartheid, we had to come in through the back door. Look at somebody and tell them them days is over. Amen. I, I don't have to be led around the back to say this is that you can't come. No, Jesus set me free. And the Lord says if anybody comes into this sheep pen, has to climb over, doesn't want to come through the gate, he says you're a thief and you're a robber. The one who enters the gate is the shepherd. You come through the front door, either by ringing my bell and I open it and let you in or you got a legitimate key and there are very few people I can count them on my hands who have a key to my house. You either are allowed in by I'm opening the door or you use a key, a legitimate key. That says that you have the right of entry. Any other way, you're a thief and a robber. He says the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, he says, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Some of us have forgotten to run away. 
from strangers' voices. Some of us, our ears are so filled with wax, our spiritual ears have become so dull that we will listen to any voice. All the voices sound alike. We've made every voice a familiar voice. All you got to do is put Jesus somewhere in the lyric. Who am I talking to? You go away to college and you've forgotten the voice of the Lord. Got a car now. Got your own house. Your own apartment paying your own bills. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you've forgotten the familiar voice of Jesus. The Bible said Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, let me say it another way. Let me be very clear. Verily, verily, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep have not listened to them. Says it again, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Now hear me. This is not about going in and out of God. This is not about going in and out of his presence. This is not about coming to the Lord and then leaving the Lord. This is about following the shepherd. I'll make it plain in a minute. He says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. The one who's climbing over the fence, the one who is avoiding the front door, the one who is masquerading as an angel of light. The one who is wolves in sheep clothing, who breaks through a window, comes through a side door, uninvited, whose motive is suspect, whose purpose and intent are for no good. He says, they've come to steal, they've come to kill, or they've come to destroy. But the Lord says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. They've come, the one that's avoiding the front door, they've come to steal, kill, and destroy. Can I tell you something? The enemy is patient. He'll break in and then wait. Gain your trust before he pounces. He'll steal without making a sound. Until one day you look for something and you say, where is it? I, I was here. He'll kill something in you or in your house or in your family. See, you're not always the target. Sometimes you are just the path to the target. 
Sometimes you are just a vehicle in order to get to the family. But the motive never changes. The thief that climbs over the wall, that breaks through a window, that breaks through a door, that sneaks in, masquerading as a sheep. The motive is somehow to steal, kill, or destroy. But Jesus tells them, but I've come. The reason why I'm here, the reason why I'm the gate is because I've come to give life and to give it to the full. And so in this parable, we have the sheep pen. We have the gate. We have the gatekeeper. We have the sheep, the individual sheep. We have the flock. And I want to tell you, flocks with an S. We have the shepherd of the flock. We have the pasture. And we have thieves. And we have robbers. The sheep pen was a walled area. where multiple flocks would gather every evening. In the sheep pen would only be one door, one gate, and not a swinging gate, not a gate with a key and a lock. Not, it was not a gate that's on the fence around your house. It was not a door that is on your house where a lock and a key and another lock in a key, and a chain, and an alarm. Or oh, wasn't that? <laughs> the gate was simply an opening. It was the only opening in the wall structure. The gatekeeper was the night watcher. The gatekeeper was also a shepherd. It was the task of the gatekeeper to watch the gate. And I'll tell you something a little bit about it in a minute. The sheep, individual sheep, but there's also a flock. See, you by yourself, you're a sheep. Look at your neighbor, just look at him. Don't say nothing. <laughs> You're sheep. <laughs> but together we're a flock. You, you understand that? Together we're a flock. You are a, you are a, a believer, a member of the community of faith, a member of the Church of God of East New York, but you by yourself are not the church. Gathered together, we are the church of God of East New York. Are, are you with me? So there are sheep and there are flocks. Then there is shepherd. Every flock had a shepherd. Sheep don't just wander around. We're doing, I'm just wandering around. No, every flock has a shepherd. 
And every believer needs to belong to a flock. Every believer needs to be under a shepherd. The pasture is a place of nourishment. It's a place where the sheep graze. And you know what thieves and robbers are. Anybody ever been robbed? Raise your hand if you've ever been robbed. It didn't have to be face-to-face. Your house could have been robbed. Your car could have been. Anybody ever been robbed? I've been held up at knife point. On my way to the house of God. By somebody who called me, hey, bro, my brother, somebody I knew, robbed me on the way to church. None of us are exempt. My house has been robbed. Y'all looking at me strange. I'm anointed. The Holy Spirit lives inside of me. I'm walking with the Lord, but none of us are exempt from life. I know other preachers will tell you that none of this will happen to you. You'll never get sick. If you get sick, something's wrong with your faith. They preach that until it happens to them. I'm just saying. Each evening, the various flocks of sheep would all come to the sheep pen led by their shepherd who would count them as they were entering through the gate using a staff. And then one or two of the shepherds would be selected to keep watch over the flock through the night while the other shepherds got some rest. In the sheep pen, the one or two shepherds who had been chosen as gatekeepers for the night would actually get down and lay down in front of the gate. The gate is the shepherd. He would lay down in front of the gate and watch. There might be another shepherd inside the pen, but he was the gatekeeper. And anybody that wanted to get into the sheep pen had to go through the gate. Jesus is saying, I lay in front of my sheep pen. I am the gate. And when you want to get to my sheep, you got to get through me. Are you hearing me? He's saying, if you're going to get to my people, you got to get through me. So anything that touches you, you need to know it's already been exposed to the gatekeeper. And the gatekeeper has already taken the sting out of it. The gatekeeper has already checked it out because no weapon formed against you will prosper. It may hurt. It may cause you frustration. 
but it's already come through the shepherd. It's already come through the gate, and the gatekeeper has limited its impact. Y'all ain't hearing me. Jesus says, I'm the gate. It's a dangerous thing to be a gatekeeper. It's a dangerous thing to be a shepherd because you're the target. It hits you first. And so every night, the shepherd would stand God in front of the gate. Each shepherd had a distinctive sound. They had a distinctive voice. My, listen, I get some voices mixed up. Sometimes folks call and I'm saying, I'm not y'all, y'all got it all down pat. I, I don't know, maybe it's I'm getting older, but I'm saying, who is this? I don't tell them, I said, Deb, who is this? Right? See, some of y'all are so good, you can tell whether an accent is Barbasian, Jamaican, Trinidadian, I ain't got it. <laughs> I leave, I leave, I leave the country, or if I leave New York, folk tell me, you got an accent. I'm saying, I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> what do you mean I got an accent? What? But how many of you glad the Lord knows your voice? How many glad the shepherd of shepherds? <laughs> he knows my name, he knows my voice, and anytime I call, he doesn't have to ask, hey, Gabriel, who is that? He knows your voice. But every shepherd had a distinct voice, had a distinct sound that had become familiar to their sheep. And so when the morning came, each shepherd would make their familiar sound and his sheep that had come to know that sound, that voice, their ears would perk up. Not all the sheep would move, but the sheep who knew that voice all of the other sheep would stay in place, but the sheep who knew that voice, they'd perk up, and they would start heading toward the gate where their shepherd wow. was standing. And one by one, they'd come out, and he would lead them to a good pasture that he had already chosen for them to graze. The lead shepherd, he controlled the pace and direction of the sheep. Shepherds don't drive sheep. Shepherds lead sheep. You drive cattle. You drive horses. Rawhide, you know, they're driving them. Wagon train, they're, they're driving the cattle. You don't drive sheep. You lead sheep. 
And so the lead shepherd, he, he would have some other shepherds that were with him, maybe one more depending on the size of the flock. He may have another shepherd in the back, but he's leading the sheep from out in front. And so as the day would go on, the sheep would be grazing in the place where the shepherd had led them. And when the day turned to evening, the shepherd would lead the flock back. Each shepherd. Each shepherd. Because that happened several times depending on the number of flocks that were in the sheep pen. Because the sheep pen was not just for one flock. It was built for many flocks. There might have been one owner who had many flocks. But he assigned each flock a shepherd. And so when the evening came, brother, in the house, each shepherd would lead their flock back to the pen. The shepherd would again count them because every one of his sheep had to pass by him. Why? Because he's the gate. When they went out, they passed by him and he led them. And now that they're back, they pass by him and he accounts for them. He would take his staff and he'd tap them on the back. Count them one, two, three. And, and, and sometimes, oftentimes, he had names for them. I don't know how he'd tell them apart. I'm a city boy. And most of us I know a few of you got some country life, but I doubt any of you actually had flocks of sheep. You may have had one or two with your goat. And sheep were not usually raised to eat. Neither was the goat like you raised your goat. They were used, the goats were used for the milk, the sheep were for the wool. So he'd count them. And he'd look at him. Hey, Curly. Welcome back, Curly. <laughs> hey, Silk. You look like you fed well. And so he, one by one, he let them come in. While they're coming in, he's inspecting them. Do they look like they've gotten into some lice or some, some bugs? Do they, they look like they've, they're wounded because they got tangled in something? Some briar patch? And so he's looking at them, and sometimes he had to pull one of them off. He says, I, I'll get to you later. You just stay here and wait. And he let them in, and he counted. And if the count was off, he knew that one or two of his sheep did not make it back. And so he would leave the, the sheep pen, yes. leave his flock in the hands of other people because no shepherd leaves their flock unattended. The only reason why in the parable it says he leaves the 99 for the one is because he's got workers. Are you hearing me? He's got others that he can leave and trust and rely upon. Yes. 
that are not hirelings. Because a hireling is only out for themselves. A hireling is not going to put their life on the line. And he goes looking for them. And sheep don't intentionally leave the flock. They come in all sizes and shapes. Some are fat, some are slim. Some mature, some were young, some were pregnant, some were nursing. But he would leave the flock in the hands of other shepherds and workers to go search for the one or two sheep, hear this, that had unintentionally gotten separated from the flock. See, some folk leave intentionally. They tell you, see you, wouldn't want to be you. Or you hear it through the grapevine. But then there are those who wander off unintentionally. He uses his staff. Because I told you, listen, shepherding involves sacrifice, danger and wisdom, patience and love. Sometimes it was just as simple as him calling out and making that familiar sound as he walked back toward the grazing ground. The sheep that had been eating and wandered off. And you know, you know how sometimes what, sometime what they would do, they would eat and they'd keep on eating. And then they'd, they'd look up. Hey, mom, where are you? The shepherd would just call out whatever that sound. And sometime all that would be necessary was for the sheep to hear that. And they'd come running to the voice. Mm. Can, can, Can I ask somebody here? Have you ever drifted? You you ever got so busy that you lost track of time? And has the Lord ever kind of just la-di-la-di-de? La-di-la-di-de. La-di-la-di-de. And you heard a familiar voice maybe during your growing up years. You're just kind of wandering, eating. And then you found yourself in a distant land. Yes. That's another message. I know we'll come to that another time. But you heard, la-di-la-di-da, and your ears perked up. Some of you, you remembered the voice of your mother. Come on, y'all, y'all, come on with me. You know I'm telling the truth. You heard your mother's voice telling you, you know better than that. Some of you heard a grandmother, a grandfather that told you, you were raised better than that. 
You heard a voice, a familiar voice that called out to you, that told you, you don't belong here. And all it took was for that sheep to hear that familiar voice. And you hear them, they're coming back. But then there were those sheep. Thank God. The shepherd would just get quiet. Because he would be listening for the voice of the sheep. Because the sheep heard his voice, but now they're in something. They're stuck in something. They want to get out, but they're stuck. They've gotten wrapped up in a briar patch, a thorn patch, and they're trying to get out. Why? Because I hear my shepherd's voice. They can't get out. And so they start crying, bah, bah. And the shepherd, he starts heading for the sound of that sheep. Yeah. Come on, y'all tell me. Y'all, any mothers in the building? You know that, listen, there's a sound of a cry from your child. But then there's a cry that says, wait, 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 that's not a hungry cry. That's not a change me cry. That's a distress cry. Come on, y'all understand what I'm saying? My child is in distress. And listen, I'm a father, but all fathers don't listen like mothers. Just look at me. Look at me. All fathers don't listen like mothers. And there, there are exceptions, I know. I know. But that shepherd, he's got a staff because the staff is helping him climb rocks. He's climbing rocks. He's trying to hear it, trying to find them. And bah, bah, he's crying. And he finds the sheep all tangled up. He turns the staff around because the staff has a crook around it. You with me? It has a crook around it. And so that sheep that is all tied up and wrangled in the briar patch, he's able to reach that staff in, move the briars away, and pull that sheep out. Oh, glory. Anybody have a testimony? He pulled me out. Anybody have a testimony? I was one of the ones he pulled out. But every now and then, sometimes it's just too late. See, because usually around a flock, something is hunting. Something is watching. Something is lurking. And does not come in the sight of the shepherd. Does not pounce on the whole flock. He just waits and lurks, waiting for a sheep to get separated from the flock. See, some of y'all, the enemy is waiting for you to leave home. You know, how, you know how it was? I can't wait to get out of this house. I just can't wait to get out from under my daddy's thumb. I just can't wait to pay my own electric bill. You didn't say that. You didn't say it like that. But 
the enemy is waiting for some, he was waiting for some of us to get out of our family house. He, he was waiting for some of us to come to New York City. Oh, the bright lights of New York City. Some of us, you heard the shepherd's voice. Some of you, you got stuck and you cried out for the shepherd and he heard you. But some of you, the enemy had his eye on you. And when you separated, he pounced. And carried some folk off in his teeth. And so sometime when the shepherd goes looking, what he finds is a corpse. And even then, he doesn't leave it. Even then, he takes that, that sheep back. Because that sheep, he knew, I knew, Curly, why? Takes the sheep back, may even bury it, because he knows the sheep didn't wander off intentionally. It was unintentionally. But the reality is, all sheep don't make it back. Every shepherd carried three tools or three weapons. They, they carried a slingshot. They carried a staff with a crook on it. And they carried a club. This is a bat, I know. <laughs> but you are a creative bunch. <laughs> it's a club. <laughs> and so while they watched the flock, they'd have a slingshot, they'd have a pouch with rocks in it. They'd have a club, and they'd have a staff. You remember David? Right? David was a shepherd. He was not a hireling. He wasn't out doing it for himself, for prestige, to be made famous. He was a shepherd watching his father's sheep. David had a pouch. David had a slingshot. David had a club. It wasn't as big as this. It would have been something that they could just hang on their belt. It would be something like you would see in Africa. You know, with a, with a, it'd be about that dad and they have a round thing on it, it would be a club. And I got one next door, but I didn't have time to go get it, so you got a bat. <laughs> and they'd have a staff, long staff with a crook on it. David had that. You remember when David said a bear came, a lion came, he used what he had. He beat it off. And then when Goliath came, 
He threw his staff down. He threw his club down and said, this is for you. When it got five smooth stones, somebody said Goliath had some brothers, so he wanted to let them know, listen, I got one for you, and if your brothers show up, I got one for them too. You know the story. You know what happened. David ran to the giant and let it fly, and the Lord guided that rock into that giant's head, and the giant fell, and then he used his own, the giant sword, and cut off his head. Jesus is the gate. He's the gatekeeper. He's the one who puts his life on the line. Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life. Jesus is also the Lamb of God who gives his life for the sheep. If you're taking notes, I want you to take down three things. Then I'm going to let you go. Because as the gate, the gate does at least three things. It provides, it preserves, and it protects. It provides. It preserves and it protects. The shepherd, the gate, every morning he leads his flock out to the pastures for nourishment. He leads them beside still waters to drink. He provides rest, he provides medicine. He leads me into good pastures. He leads me to the place where I can be nourished. And so as the gate, I'm blessed coming in. And I'm blessed going out. Did you know that just like a cow, not just exactly, but similar to a cow who chews its cud, and a cow, a camel, did you know sheep, after they graze all morning, when they go back into the, into the sheep pen, they're not just going to rest. They regurgitate. And they chew on what they had been grazing on all day. I'm hoping that you'll take this word this morning And this word that you've been getting through this series, and every now and then I hope you will chew on it. See, this isn't for you to just get a big head. This is for you to grow. This is for you to to be nourished on. the, The word of God is for us to eat the whole roll. I'm not trying to impress you. I'm too old for that. but I want you to learn how to follow God. Because listen, there come a time when you can't get to the church. Where you can't even turn on the radio. When you can't even tune in to a stream. And you better have enough word in you. It's amazing to me 
Some of our older saints, as they got older, and their minds would not um, be as sharp as they used to be. But they'd still be quoting scripture. <laughs> I've sat in hospital rooms, and I've heard senior saints say, this is my assurance of salvation. He who has the Son has life. And he who has not the Son of God has not life. This is the record. God has given to us eternal life and his life is in his Son. I've sat with people who couldn't remember some things, but if you start singing a hymn, they say, say, wait a minute, Pastor, that's not the way that verse goes. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Let's not give up the hymns. Because you're going to get old. And you need more than a tune. You, you need to have some meat. Don't stop reading the word of God. Hide it in your, your word. Have I hid it in my heart that I might not sit memorize scripture? Get it in your DNA. Provides nourishment. The Lord is my source in good times and bad times. The Lord supplies all of my needs all of my life. What does that song say? All my life, he's been faithful. Do I have a witness here? All my life, all my life, all my life, he's been faithful. Been so good. And so with every breath, I will sing of your goodness. Anybody love his voice? I love your voice. So I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. Why? Because all my life, when I, when I didn't even know him, he was good to me. Some of you, you haven't been saved all your life. Do, do you know that all your life God has been faithful? Do, do I have a witness in the room? Somebody, because of your mother's prayers and your father's prayers, God blessed you. David says, I've been young. Now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Yes. Nor their seed begging bread. It doesn't mean that there's never difficult times. It doesn't mean that you'll never go through pain and anguish. It's not what that means. Remember what I said, the shepherd, he's the gate. And anything that comes near my dwelling, anything that comes through, he's already simmered it down. Remember when the enemy came after Job? The Lord limited him. You can do this, don't do that. The devil said, if, I, if you let me do this, I'll make Job curse you. The Lord says, go ahead. Make my day. You feel lucky? <laughs> <laughs> Enemy touched, 
his body got boils all over him. His wife couldn't stand to see him in such anguish. But Job said, though he slay me, if this takes me out, yet will I trust him. Oh, don't you want to trust God like that? Don't you want to trust God? God is my gate. And so anything that comes near me, he's going to work this for my good. I don't know why, I don't know how, but I trust my gate. My gate provides for me in every season of my life. But my gate also preserves. He's my sanctuary, you see. (laughs) He hems me in. There are sometimes, see, I've come to thank God for the doors, not just the doors he opens. Oh, but I thank him for the doors he closes. I thank him not just for the yeses, but I thank him for the times he says no. Others can do that, Cliff, but not you. I'm thankful for the times he said Not yet. Because God makes all things beautiful in his time. We've got to learn how to patiently wait on the Lord. What is one script says, you have need of patience that you might receive the promise. Teach us how to wait on God. And don't wait grumbling and complaining. Because God's been good to you. God's been good to you. God's been good to you. He preserves my coming in. He preserves my coming out. He safeguards through all seasons of my life, in the spring of my life. Man, where I could run so fast, brother now, I could dribble the ball. I could swish. Stop it. Don't laugh at me. (laughs) He was with me during the spring, Brother Keith. He was with me. In the summer of my life, everything was clicking. I was well coordinated. Everything was in its place. I could eat what I wanted all summer long, all winter long, and in summer, I'd be back. I got married in my summer. Hey, babe. I was 156 pounds soaking wet. You want to know how I'm now? It's none of your business. But that was the summer. Got married young. Got married at the beginning of my summer. We had kids. We had a miscarriage in our summer. One day we'll see that child. But then God blessed us with four children. In our summer. Summer's a wonderful time to have kids. I got I had energy. 
could run with them. We could play basketball together. I was in summer, and the Lord was with me in my summer. We had grandkids at the end of summer and in our autumn. Still cool. Can we leave the grands with you? <laughs> sure. <laughs> having kids in autumn is not like having kids in summer. Do I have a witness in the building? You want to go to sleep, you can't. <laughs> I leave that alone. But I love our grands. But coming toward the, the mid-autumn, toward the end, the knees hurt. The back hurts. The hair's gone. But he's with me. He's with me. Do I have any autumn folk here? You're in the autumn of your life, but he's with you. Some of you have retired in your autumn because he gave you a job and you did well with it. But winter's coming. And I've seen the saints go through winter. And it has shown me that God will be with us even in the winter of my life. Y'all have a witness here. I've seen the saints go on to glory in the winter of their life. Some of them went with a song. Some of them, they didn't get to say a last word. But you knew. Some of them slipped away. You blinked and they were gone. But they went home. You are not lost. They went on to be with the Lord. I want to tell, tell you that the gate will preserve you. I've gone to prison. Listen, I'm not saying I'm the best looking guy on the block. I'm not saying I'm the best shape. But I've gone to prison, not personally, but to minister. And I've seen my friends in there. And they look like they're in winter when they're only in autumn or summer. Because sin will steal your seasons. Sin will steal your years. Sin is like the canker worm. And some of us, we cut our hair, we diet. Some of us, folks are going to read your obituary and they're going to be shocked. They were how old? There's a couple of reasons for that. One, they said black don't crack. <laughs> Hello, I said it, it's true. You age different. You can take the sun differently. I'm not saying go out there and just go crazy. I ain't saying that. That melon in your skin serves a purpose. 
and then some of us, we dye it, we tie it up, <clears throat> we got apparatuses. But no matter what you cut, tie, or dye, you are getting older. And it is appointed unto every one of us to die. And we will stand before the Lord. But the Tompkins Avenue singers used to say, I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. But I submit to you that the gate not only provides, the gate preserves. In every season of your life, he preserves you. Aren't you glad the Lord preserved you for this day? Somebody said, listen, these are the worst times or the best times, but listen, I'm glad I'm alive. I'm glad I'm alive. He has preserved First Lady and I to see one, two, three, four, five grands. He has preserved us to see all of our kids graduate from college. And not one of them has a bill. Hello, somebody. He preserves us. And that's not bragging on who I am or who my wife is. I'm telling you about who he is. He has preserved us. He has taken you through 2019, 2020, 2021. And now 2022, we're almost through. Some of you got the COVID in that time frame, but God preserved you. Come on. We lost some loved ones. It doesn't say that God didn't preserve them. He kept them to that time and then called them home. But God preserved you. Why am I still here? God says, I'm not through with you yet. I still got purpose you say, Pastor, I'm in the winter of my life. God is not through with you. You cannot sit down on your hands, fold your hands, and say, I'm done. No, God says, I still got work for you to do. You can't say that's for the young people. And the young people can't say that's for the old people. No, we are a four-season church. And everybody's needed. And everybody must be about serving. Because God has called us to serve. He provides. He preserves. And then lastly, and I'll let you go, he protects. He protects us. Remember I said he's in the front of the gate. Anything that's going to come near me has got to get through my gate. It doesn't mean the absence of danger or the absence of pain or sickness or heartache. It doesn't mean the absence of storms or struggle or disappointments or accusations. It doesn't mean the, the absence of betrayals and even abandonment. But God says, 
even through that, I'm watching over you. Even through that, he says, I'm covering you like a mother hen covers her chicks in a storm. And so you may feel the wind. You may feel the shaking, but God says, I got you. Trust me. Trust me. You trusted me before this. Trust me now. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And what do the righteous do? They run to it and what? They are safe. Why? Because he's protecting me. And so as the sheep would enter, remember when I talked about that club? When the enemy comes in like a flood, Bible said he raised up a standard. Sometimes the standard is a club. And Jesus was in the wilderness. And the enemy kept coming at him. He had the club of the word. The enemy tried to tempt him. Jesus would say, it is written. Bam. Enemy come in again. Say, why don't you cast this out? It is written. Bam. Let me say, oh, gosh, this is not good. Came a last third time. You're hungry? What? It is written. Bam. And the enemy, the Bible said he left for a season. In other words, he was like the Terminator. I'll be back. You don't beat people with the word. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. Sometimes what you've got to do is just praise your way through. The enemy is trying to accuse you. The enemy is trying to turn you around. You just bless. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue. See what happened. When was the last time you just went through your house praising God? And how many of you know you don't have to make a whole lot of sound and you can praise him? How many know you can move your lips? Remember, um, what was the sister's name? Samuel's mother's name. Hannah. She was at the altar. She was moving her lips. Eli thought she was drunk. You better learn how to talk to Jesus. Whisper a prayer in the morning. Whisper a prayer in the evening. Whisper a prayer. You, you better learn how to throw up your hands and bless the Lord when all around my soul is giving sway. You will confuse the enemy. And what you are doing, you're hitting him inside his head. The Bible says pray for those who despitefully use you. When your enemy comes against you, pray for them. Can I pray for you? <laughs> Excuse me? Can I pray for you? I don't want you to pray for me. Okay, I'm going to pray for you anyway. I just won't pray for you. But no, I'm praying for you. Will you go ahead crazy? And then don't pray on them. You pray for them. You, you don't say, sick them, Holy Ghost. 
You say, God, will you cover them, protect them, bless their coming in and going out. Let them know that you're there. Let them know that it's not them. Let them know that it's you, God, in the name of Jesus. Open their eyes that they may see the wondrous things that you're doing for them. Open their ears that they may hear your voice. My God, in the name of Jesus, set them free. Okay, I got I got I got to close. Okay, his rod and his staff. He's my shield. He's my shelter. He defends me. You don't got to defend yourself. I've got a defender. Anybody with me? I got a defender. Now, don't get me wrong. You come into my house. You come into my house through a window. You break in a door. You break in a door. You come against my children, trying to physically harm them, emotionally harm them. And I'm there. We're not playing baseball today. And I'm not going to drop to my knees and pray. I'm going to pray, Lord, give me strength. Give me strength, God. Touch my knees, God. Touch my back. <laughs> Lord, have y'all need to stop. Okay. But his rod and his staff, they comfort me. His staff is there to guide me. His word has become familiar to me. It's his voice. Get to know the master's voice. Because two different voices can say the same words. And one is the thief and destroyer. And the other one is the savior. Because the devil knows the word. The enemy will use this word in a strange way. It should cause you to pause. Don't be so quick to receive it or follow it. Because not every voice is from the Lord. His staff has gotten us out of some tight places. Do I have a witness? His staff ever pull you out? We got ourselves into some tight places, but his staff pulled us out. Places that we entangled ourselves. But his rod has been used to club the enemy and bruise the enemy's head. Because the things that I fear, fear him. The things that you are fearful of, fear him. Y'all didn't get me. The very thing that you're afraid of is afraid of him. That's why he says, fear not. Why? Because I'm with you. What is trying to get you is afraid of me. That's why the water shall not drown you. The fire will not burn you. And if I take you in, I'll take you out. I'll bring you out. I will not abandon you. But if this is your time, 
if this is my time to step out of time into eternity, the Lord says, I'll be with you then too. And when you close your eyes on this side, the Lord promises, I'll be there. Woo! Glory to God. And when you open your eyes up on the other side, the same God who was with you on this side, he says, I'll meet you at the pearly gates. I'll meet you in glory. He'll be with us. Why? Because he's the gate. Right now we're grazing as we serve the Lord in ministry. But the time will come when the Lord will call me. He'll call this pastor, this under-shepherd. He'll call me off the field. He'll call me off the field as a shepherd in ministry, in this ministry. And he'll call me into the sheep pen as a sheep. And this shepherd will be a sheep under another shepherd. And what will I do? I will follow. Are you hearing me? And then one day he's going to call me home. And he's going to call you home to your eternal reward. I believe God is able to keep us till that day. So saints, stay with God. Stay with his church. Stay with his bride. Stay where the Lord has placed you until he moves you. But make sure he's the one moving you. Some folk have asked me through my ministry, why are you so calm at a time like this? In most cases, it's because I've been there before. I've been there before. I've been there before as a pastor. I've been there before as a black man. I've been there before as a husband, as a father, and as the son of a single black woman. As the male child of an absent father. As the only black VP in the room. I've been there. And the bills have been more than the money coming in. When others discounted who I was. When didn't see me. Didn't see me while I was at 913. But all of a sudden their eyes opened at 905. Because you're not mega. Because you're not wealthy. And then you got a deja vu where there were more empty seats than filled seats. I've been there before. It's his church. I am the Lord's I know. Whether I live or die, I am the Lord's I know. And so I don't have to panic because the Lord is in charge. And sure, we get discouraged sometimes but we know the gate. We know the gatekeeper. We know the shepherd. We know the I am. We are his people. And we are the sheep of his pasture. And so we will keep entering into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Because he protects, 
He preserves. He provides. Will you stand to your feet? So church, trust him, obey him, and watch him work all things out in his time for our good and his glory. Let's keep following him. Where he leads, we'll follow. We're going to stay the course. We're going to continue to raise up spiritual sons and daughters. We're going to be the church in this community where the Lord has planted us. And we're going to lift up Jesus and raise up generations of disciples who make disciples. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads right where you are. I'm calling you because the gate is calling you. If you're in this room and you say, I, 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 I want to commit my life to Jesus. Online, I'm calling every brother, every sister. I want to commit my life to Jesus. I want to live for the one who died for me. I want to give my life to the one who gave his life for me. I want to invite you. If you're in the room, I want to invite you to this altar right now. Leave your seat. Come. Space yourself, but come to the altar. I want to commit my life to Jesus. If you're online, say so in the chat. I'm committing my life to Jesus. Maybe you're here and you say, I need to recommit my life. I need to recommit my life to Jesus. The altar is open. I need to get more serious about my walk with the Lord. I need to return to the one who died for my sins. You want to recommit your life to the Lord? The altar is open. On the chat, the same. I want to recommit my life to Jesus. If you're in the building or on the line and you say, Pastor, I don't have a church to call home. And, and I want to make this congregation my home where I can grow in the Lord and grow in faith. If you're in the room, you say, I, I want to make this church my home church. The altar is open for you. If you're online, the same thing on the chat says, I want to make Church of God of East New York home, say so. So that we can pray with you and walk with you and encourage you. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed unless you're walking. Father, we thank you for your word. We believe that God that you have spoken. We say yes to your will and yes to your way. We thank you that you are indeed the gate. You're the gate who protects. You're the gate who preserves. You're the gate who provides. And we say thank you. Father, we pray for those that are in the room that you administer wisdom and grace. May we hunger and thirst after righteousness. We pray for those that are listening online. Dear God, will you minister to them? May they grow in the knowledge of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Seal this word in our hearts. Help us to always remember you are the great I am. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Come on, bless the Lord with me.
Thank you for joining us this week. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and tag us in your social stories at C-O-G-E-N-Y. Thank you to those who have given generously to this ministry in the past. And if you'd like to become a contributor, head over to cog-eny.com. That's cog-eny.com. And just click on the offering and donations tab. Again, thank you so much. Now God bless.